Welcome to a new episode of the Cartridge Club, where we discuss our game of the month with members of the Cartridge Club community. For the month of May, the game the Cartridge Club played was Sewer Shark. It was selected via the Extra Life charity stream back in December. The winner of the raffle was Derek, a.k.a. Deej13's friend Rob, and he selected it. Joining me on the show, we have Pam from the YouTube channel Cannot Be Tamed and Bogus Meat Factory from the Literate Pixel Podcast. If you play along, you can always share your own experiences in the forums at cartridgeclub.org, in the community's Discord, or across social media by using the hashtag Cartridge Club. Before I start the show, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon Club backers like Joel Boyce, Barry Dunmores, Christopher Rohr, Dean Lasagna, and Caleb Giros. To our backers and Patreon supporters, thank you. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter for the Cartridge Club, please look at how you can do so at patreon.com forward slash cartridge club. Unfortunately, the winner of the CC Extra Life raffle, Rob, was not able to make the show's recording. He did send an audio clip saying why he selected Sewer Shark to be May's Game of the Month. With that being said, let's hear from Rob and start the show. Hi, this is Rob, and I chose Sewer Shark uh, because it stands out as one of the games in my collection that was one of the weirdest. Um, I always went back to it time and time again, replayed it. It wasn't a very difficult game, but it was just fun. I liked the movie motion picture aspect of it. Um, And it was one of the first games that I saw that had that immersion and brought you into the game in that way. Um, The game was also pretty funny with the different commentary and the acting and the the clips. And it was one of those games where you just shut your brain off and you just basically just button mashed the trigger and shot the little uh, sewer gators and just basically up, down, left, right. And there wasn't much to it, but it was just one of those games that I enjoyed playing. Another crash and burn. First time, huh, rookie? Hey, listen, I hear they're putting you in with Ghost today. Now that's my main man. Greatest co-pilot to ever shoot the tubes. Give him your best stuff, and he'll keep you flying. Maybe all the way to Solar City, huh? Showtime. I'm Falco. You'll be hearing from me. Welcome to the sewers, punk. The guy you're replacing, he had that same tough guy smirk on his face that you do. Till he hit the wall. They're out there now blotting him up with handy wipes. But the ghost here, I always come back for more. Let's go, rookie! So, Sewer Shark surprised me in how good it was. I honestly didn't expect too much of it. You always see it in all at all the swaps, in all the shops. It's everywhere because it was a pack-in at some point. And you think, oh, it's probably not that good. But then I played it, and I actually was pleasantly surprised by how fun the gameplay was and how well it incorporated the gameplay and the FMV together. So I think my overall thoughts are that it's it's a surprisingly fun game and a, definitely a good FMV uh, representation on the Sega CD. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to to mimic that sentiment. Like, so I've had experience with Sewer Shark before, just kind of like, oh, let's give it a shot, right? No, no research, no reading the manual ahead of time. And I was just failing miserably at that game. <laughs> and so this is the first time I sat down and was like, I'm going to beat this. I had just recently finished a Sega CD uh, FMV game, a different one, uh, Wirehead, which is okay for an interactive <laughs> movie. But uh, this was surprisingly a lot more fun. Let's not, you know, it's not an eight out of ten. This is a seven, a swimming in sevens kind of game. Mm -hmm. But you get entertainment from it. It's a short jaunt. Yeah, it took about 45 minutes, like, total. And I think that the elements that it kind of introduces, um, uh, shooting enemies and navigating tubes and listening to directions and having to remember in a kind of Simon Says situation, worked really well for FMB in general. I thought it was I thought it was a lot more fun. And one of the many instances of FMB games where I would actually say I recommend it, FMB is kind of a weird, muddy, you know, territory for a lot of people. Uh, it doesn't work in some instances and it works very well in others. And I think in the case of Sewer Shark, it works very well. You say it's a seven, but according to GamePro from back in the day, they had it as a five out of five. Oh. No, <laughs> I, 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 a perfect introduction to CD Power Gaming, according to, uh, to Game Pro Magazine out of the United States. Thanks to Dean for posting all these uh, reviews from about it from back in the day. Like I got like an 86% from Joypad out of France, so mm -hmm. it reviewed well back in the day. Yeah. Uh, what's um, weird is you bring up the reviews, and I was looking through them, and what's really fascinating is at the time that it's released, it's anywhere between a seven out of 10 and like, a, you know, a nine out of 10 typically, right? Like that's kind of where the reviews floated and the modern day reviews, the stuff that's been out for roughly a decade or two are like, it's a zero out of 10. <laughs> this is garbage. This is the worst thing ever. And what's fascinating is that you look at the timeline of how uh, a lot of like, you know, influencers and YouTubers and things like this you can see the uptick where a YouTuber is like, this is trash. And then all of a sudden you just see lines of just reviews, bad reviews. This is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. In reality, the game is not terrible, not even remotely. There are so many other really, really bad games of that era that aren't even FMV that are really not fun to play. Mm -hmm. This has level of enjoyment. You have these FMV sequences that are cheesy, over-exaggerated, over-the-top, but are enjoyable. Like, you you have these, oh, what did they just say? Like, what, <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? And you're getting enjoyment from that. That the gameplay is simple, but there's so many simple elements to it that it adds up to an engaging experience. I mean, I streamed this game, and it was very hard for me to, like, just stop and like talk to chat because I was oh. very much like engaged in the game. I was like, okay, you know, three, niner, 12, <laughs> like, okay, we got to remember this. Okay. Okay. Shooting the things, keeping the score up, energy management. Yeah. All of those things are all uh, elements of this game that you have to keep track of simultaneously. And it's very fast paced. So you're locked on. And it mm -hmm. was, it was great. I loved it. And, and you know, Pam, I watched your review for this and Something you said in your review uh, happened to me when I was playing it too. And it was definitely one of those, I put down my controller to have a sip 
on my water <laughs> that I'm playing. And it's an FMV, it's a cutscene's playing, and he's like, "Hey, I put a machine gun on uh, on this this ship. Go ahead and fire it for me." And I'm just like, "I think this could be this like it plays in the video." And it's like, "What? Why did you press it? I need a new pilot." And I'm like, yeah. "And then credits." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, so. And it gives you maybe two seconds, and mm-hmm. then just like, "Oh, guess you're not the right one. Game over." <laughs> and I had had such a hard time getting to that place. I'm in the game because I wasn't getting a high enough score. So my game was ending or I was just forgetting the directions. And so I finally got there and then to just have it, the carpet like ripped out from under me. It's just like, Oh no, it's bad. <laughs> there was a moment where I'm like, all right, good. He's talking. It's great. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for an input. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Last second, like literally a fraction of a second left. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <sighs> they, they, um, yeah. That, you know, the funny thing is the first part of the game I just must have been in cruise control and not even thinking about it and just shooting whatever. And then like right when you get to the rat breath kind of section is when I noticed that's when I started dying a lot or losing and getting the bad credits, the bad ending, when um saying I wasn't hitting the, the score high enough. And I was like, really? Because up until this point, I felt like I didn't have to. Uh, and then I, I played it again like the next day. And sure enough, uh, I'm not even being the first section because my score is too low. So I'm like, what happened? Why was my, uh, I guess I was more of a, in a zone discovering it. Um, it doesn't make that clear at all that you need to hit a certain score by a certain point, And you don't really even know why the game has ended. It just, you assume it's score because that's all that, that's all there is. Mm-hmm. So just to rewind here for just a little bit for my overall thoughts on the game. Uh, it is a great game and it's cheap. So I, <laughs> well, I should, great, great maybe is an exaggeration, but it's a good time. It's a good time. And uh, I paid five dollars for my copy, so it's you know it's it was it's definitely easily easily accessible. I bought mine at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Well, that's because I, I think originally I was looking for maybe the box version, but I just ultimately decided I'll just go for the pack and version. It can't be that big of a deal. Uh, it's not like I'm collecting Sega CD or anything like that so much. So I just wanted opted for that version, and I got the version that came with the manual. As for FMV, I wouldn't say it's my First one's maybe the first one I really dedicated any time to. Uh, I, I own two versions of Corpse Killer for the Sega CD. Which oh, is a, nice! That is not it's, a nice game. That game. It's sucks. best on Saturn. It's best on Saturn <laughs> okay. and 3DO. Like it's, that's what it's best on. But you know, no Corpse Killer was uh, one of the the very first ones where uh, the game where I was like, I need to capture footage of this game. This is the weirdest FMV game mm-hmm. I've ever played. And so that was like, if you ever like, I have a, a YouTube channel where I just post random things. It's nothing. It's nothing official. It's just silly. Uh, but like, there's just so many corpse killer videos from like 12 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's my corpse killer videos. I love that game. It's bad. It's really it's, bad. It, you know, it's the funny thing is, once I was really, it was at a point in my life, in my collecting career, where I was like trying to buy anything and everything possible, right? So like, Corpse Killer was like the one Sega CD game where I saw all the time. So I was like, you know, I gotta buy that. And then I saw a Sega CD 32X. I'm like, gotta buy it again. And yeah. eventually, when I sat down and played, I'm like, this is terrible. This, is, this <laughs> game is. And I don't know. I probably should try to sell it now. I think there's actually it might have actually went up in price now. Uh, just to get rid of it. Anyways, no, hold uh, on to that bad boy because it's going to reach cult status at a certain point in time. Cool. Trust me. Well, Trust it, got, me. it got a re-release thanks to limited run, but this game, on the other hand, did not. And <laughs> yeah. once again, to quote Pam's video, I, I think I agree with her that this one, I think, was actually deserving of a re-release for modern consoles. And I say that because 
sometimes with the D-pad, it's slow. It's slow to go with the the shooting, right? And slower to like you see the target, but you just can't get the D-pad that they cross here is on it fast enough. Where I think maybe using the menacer or even the justifier probably would have been a little bit more helpful for this game. I know some Sega CD 32X games you can. Uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe Corpse Killer you might be able to use the light gun. I might be wrong on that one. You can um, Snatcher. Snatcher for sure you can use oh, the, yeah. the justifier for. But yeah, as, a, as opposed to the D-pad, I imagine analog stick just flying around shooting would be uh, 100% beneficial. I've also forgot, I've died a couple times because I missed the turn because I forgot to press B to uh, mm-hmm. make the turn. Oh um, yeah. Oh my gosh. There has been many, I fat fingered so many turns and <laughs> into destruction. And I was like, Oh, come on. I was right there. Like, ah, no. And there's no way to recover after you make past like the first like chapter of the game. After that, you're, you're just ride and die into the, uh, you know, <laughs> right into the, the pipes. So that's right. Crash and burn, crash and burn. <laughs> Yeah, of anything. So I'll give you that. You know, so interesting selection because we have yet to play a Sega CD game until now for the for the Cartridge Club. Mm-hmm. The only game I actually I've ever really sat down and played and beat was uh, Spider Man versus Kingpin on the Sega good CD. game. That's a fun and, game. Uh, that's that's a fun game. So like, I imagine there's more treats there besides you know, well-renowned Snatcher and whatnot. But do you guys have any other like Sega CD recommendations you would say or? so many go ahead pam i'm sorry i'm just, I'm just gonna... i would recommend dune dune is a really fun one that combines sort of like a point and click adventure with a strategy game that's a really fun one really well done i really liked what else do i like i i don't necessarily recommend the other fmv games as much as i've you know played them but yeah i really like snatcher uh ko flying squadron that's another one of the super mm-hmm. expensive ones but great cartoony look to that one and a, a pretty fun shoot 'em up uh popful mail is also a really cool action adventure game so there's definitely i i feel like the sega cd doesn't get quite the respect it deserves because it's definitely got some some decent games on it Holy smokes, where do I even begin? Uh, one, you nailed it, Pam. All fantastic games that I cannot stress enough. That So one of the things the Genesis and, and Sega consoles at the time did such a phenomenal job was bringing PC games to the console, right? Mm-hmm. On the Genesis, you had Starflight, you had uh, King's Bounty, you had Buck Rogers, uh, you had... Uh, um, I guess Rings of Power was going to be a computer game, but it didn't happen, so it was just console only. But on the uh, Sega CD was no different. I mean, you had Dune, which was a fantastic interpretation. It was a fantastic port of the the PC. They brought those games in in a way that was accessible to players. That is a great game. I'd also even recommend, although the control scheme's kind of wacky, the Sega CD version of Wing Commander. It's the only version that's voiced. And it's really, it's enjoyable. That was my first introduction to that game. Uh, And then we absolutely got it on DOS after that because I thought it was so good. Um, but, uh, recommendations for me would be a lot of people don't like the Genesis version, the Genesis one of this game, but Eternal Champions, this would be the sequel on the Sega CD is a legitimately enjoyable fighting game. It's broken, but broken (laughs) in the favor of the player, not the computer. And it has some of the most graphic and grisly, uh, fatalities that I've ever seen from a fighting game that can only be rivaled by the modern Mortal Kombat games. Wow. It is, and it also has the most hardcore, like, 
rock and guitar metal music of any video game ever made. There's so it's, it's a fantastic game. It's so good. It's so wild. Um, other great Sega CD games that I would recommend. There's some there's some weird ones that I don't necessarily think are good, but I think are very interesting, like the Sega CD Jurassic Park game, which is also mm -hmm. FMB. Um, it's a mixture of a weird mist style adventure game with uh, these kind of shooting gallery moments, but play very much kind of like uh, what we see with Sewer Shark. The cursor's just a little slow. It doesn't really work so great. But uh, it was a really interesting game. It's not necessarily good, but if you want a, uh, better F&B games, I would recommend Double Switch over something like Night Trap. Double Switch is a really interesting game uh, starring Corey Haim. And, and Debbie Harry. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's an, that is a interesting, and if you want to go for the more interactive movie style, that's probably the better one out of all the ones there. There is, I have a lot, like if you want to go Japanese RPGs, of course you have Shining Force, the Shining Force CD collection, which is uh, their ports of the Game Boy, or not Game Boy, wow, Game Gear, sorry. Game Gear uh, Shining Force games, very good. And uh, there's also uh, Vise, which is another great Japanese RPG. It's very enjoyable. Of course, you have Lunar, the classic Lunar. Yeah, the Sega CD has tons of good stuff. It's not given the love and respect that I think it deserves, even though it doesn't have a, a laundry list of great games, like something like the Super Nintendo or the Genesis or the PlayStation. The stuff that it does have there, the good stuff that it has there is distinctly unique to the system. It's something that you can't, an experience you can't get out of anything else. So I love it. It's so great. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Shoot. So, uh, so as you said, you don't have much FMV experience. Pam, I got to ask you, how much FMV experience do you have? Well, I, I saw this question and I looked up, I made a ranking video of all the FMV games I played and there's <gasps> 38 games on it. And I've played at least yes. one more since then. Oh, so, man, a bit of experience. <laughs> I should have absolutely consulted that video before making my game because it's about FMV games. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're going to rock this one. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. Uh, my experience with FMV games in general is extensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's one of my uh, early loves of video games. Being introduced to a game, uh, the the classic Myst, as a as a young you know, preteen me made me like terrified. It was a, a chilling and strange game that was alien and and haunting and weird. But the FMV sequences really interested me and intrigued me. And then I got to into like games like uh, using them for adventure games in general, like The Seventh Guest and Gabriel Knight 2, which, by the way, I may consider to be the best FMV game I've ever played, at least in the old stuff. Not necessarily new stuff. They're using FMV now in really great and fascinating ways, like her story. And um, uh, something that's like, this is not for broadcast or something like this. Oh, is not really, for broadcast, yeah. Not for broadcast is, wow, it's great. So FMV games, I've played so many. Uh, and some of the most obscure uh, F games that use FMV in the on the planet i don't know of anybody who has ever played some of these weird games that i've played like for instance prince you know the artist he has an fmv game yeah there's so many people devo aerosmith everybody is it like one of those make my video no it is no? a <laughs> mist style adventure game wow, okay. starring prince 
it's not really starring Prince, but it uses his music <laughs> and Ooh. it's included in like this box set DVD thing. Huh. Woo! It's a treat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's no problem. It's like you have a history, man. Like I, I needed uh needed some experts for this for this show here. Um just because like I, I obtained the Sega CD via a friend just given to give me his Sega CD collection because he's like, hey, the one of these two work. I don't know which one it is, and I got the one apparently that did work. Nice. Um, and eventually, I just I found out you can burn games pretty easily. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's a nice bonus to it. But um, yeah, I'm still like still fairly wet behind the ears when it comes to the Sega CD. Anyone play this on the 3DO by, by chance? I just don't know if uh, the quality is any better. Uh, the quality is better, um, but I have not played on the 3DO. I've seen footage of it. Um, I've played a lot of FMV games that are are on the 3DO. And yeah, typically, hands down, the uh, the video compression is a lot less. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not super compressed like the Sega CD. Good to know. Um, I guess we should cover probably the plot here for a little bit, because it actually does have a little bit of a story, which is told mostly through the uh, FMV videos here. So essentially, you are a rookie pilot, which keeps getting, or a sewer jockey, if you will which is like a pilot that goes through the sewers for, I guess, for Solar City, them, right? Yeah, to keep them clean. The yeah. story isn't all that well <laughs> thought out, to be honest. So, <laughs> may, I, may I miss this here, but I think, Pam, did you say like, like it's also for food by chance or... Well, they they measure it in pounds. They say, give me this many pounds of sewer meat or whatever. So I was like, well, is it food? It kind of sounds like it's food. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, maybe maybe it's kind of like we call it the, um, what is that movie with Stallone? Uh, him and Wesley Snipes. Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Is it like oh, a yeah. Demolition Man kind of thing? <laughs> Another great FMV game on the 3DO. Very good. That one's a good one? <laughs> no, it's really bad, but it's really interesting. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you're you're flying along with Ghost, right? Is he he's your co-pilot, right? He's the one who keeps like insulting you and shoot the tubes. Uh <laughs> and uh and and you're followed around by Catfish, which is like a little bit of a robot like scout. He tells you like what to look out for, and you're working alongside Falco who's also a female jockey. I don't know. But I can't remember. It's basically, she's like hovering around like what, sewer 19 or something like that? Or Yeah, section 19. Yeah. Section 19, yeah. And we keep worrying not to go to that general area. And eventually, you keep getting closer and closer to the beach of Solar City. <laughs> that's like, that's the ultimate goal is to get there. Because I believe me, I heard the quote, I heard the quote a thousand times that like, I could see it now. The sand, white, oh, the white sand and the blue sky. <laughs> like, I've heard that line so many times from Belco before she crashes. Um, so, and, and you're constantly being then, I guess he's your boss, right? Um, yeah. Stenchler, Commissioner Stenchler. Yeah. Uh, who's, you know, like he's the one who constantly kept ruining my right runs for having a small total. But he's also then trying to kill you. Yeah, you know how it goes. It's yeah. your boss. Oh, isn't that the case for everybody in the workplace? Your boss is trying to kill you slowly. Yeah, slowly. even though you're helping him out by cleaning the sewers, he wants you stopped for for reasons. So, <laughs> but that's generally the plot, right? So yeah, 
I mean, I guess you need a reason to go in the sewers and then a villain. Um, but <laughs> yeah, cool, cool story. So <laughs> cool story, bro. Yeah. So here's the thing. So we know Sewer Shark on the second CD from the early 1990s. But in reality, this game had been sitting pretty much on the shelf in a warehouse since 1987. This was filmed in 1987 for a upcoming video game console that was called the Control Vision. It was a VHS-based video game system that was designed by, um, or that was pitched by uh, Tom Zito, the guy who created Night Trap, Sewer Shark, you know, uh, uh, Supreme Warrior, these sorts of games, all these FMV games and stuff like this. He really believed in the um, in full motion video as being the future of games, and a lot of people bought that idea, including Nolan Bushnell, the creator of Atari. Uh, him and his company Axiom decided to work on actually designing the system itself. It's a VHS, um, but also with a pretty much a retrofitted ColecoVision attached to it. The ColecoVision did um, all the interactive elements, so all the buttons, all the the shootable things. It, it controlled all the actual like game graphics, not the not the full motion video. That's what the VHS did. And essentially, the VHS had a bunch of crazy stuff in it. This this code that you know the the system could trigger to trigger different audio and different video, and so it was this wild console. I don't even really understand entirely how this works. <laughs> it seems to me like magic. How can you get that to work? And it seemed to do so almost seamlessly. So like I don't, I have no clue. But uh, Hasbro loved this idea. They put it into production. They produced the system. They advertised it. They put it on sale. Uh, and like two months before it was supposed to hit the shelves, shut it down. And that was it. And you didn't see it again until the Sega CD came out. And Tom Zito was like, let's let's do it. Let's put it on there. And so they put all the games they filmed for it. So Night Trap was filmed in 1986. Uh, Sewer Shark was just a couple months later in 1987. And then they worked on a whole bunch of other ones after the fact. It was wild. Can I ask a quick question? Did any of you guys put the CD in a CD player? I did not. I kept getting told by, I think, told me to keep putting it in there and go to track two, I think he kept telling me to do. Oh, no. That's probably the game audio, the, the game data. <laughs> probably is my okay. guess so when you put that it, typically what happens with most cd based games is they'll give you a warning track which is track one they're like hey do not put this in your cd player it contains you know highly fragile digital data and it'll destroy your your speakers and destroy your speakers it will it is a cacophony <gasps> of sound that is ah! it's it's so in oh it's the worst thing ever i have absolutely listened to it <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm now I'm tempted to do it just uh, just to do it just to just to see and if it's watch it's like it's some tune and I'll put use that as the post credits music here for the <laughs> uh, only reason I says I was just wondering if it's like some kind of track and I, I know I heard you mention something about banger tracks here and this game has like one.
one, one track. <laughs> Actually, it has two tracks. I said yeah. it's got the the game music, right? And then it's got like like the cheesy '80s generic action film. Wow! Wow! Yeah, like, like I could think of like Cobra or, or something like that from like the '80s, where it's just like or um, Death Wish Three, where it's just like a constant just <laughs> wow, you know, like you know, like that whenever the villain's talking or you know they're walking around in the FMV. It's uh, got the beach music too, though. It's got the dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, like just which, the steel drums and yeah. Yeah, which is also nice for you leave the office and go straight to a beach, right? Uh, oh, that set is the best set in the world. <laughs> yeah, that was just uh, just nice that they set up the shop right there. Um, yeah, it's nice and easy. It's convenient. Any, anyone else really like the tune for this? Uh, for the one, the one track that's uh, kind of copying the bubble bobble philosophy of one one song is oh. all you need. So, I think it's a great track. Like, I didn't get tired of it. I I think it changes a little bit as you go like they as you uh, go up in ranks they sort of slightly remix it or add a different beat onto it but i think generally the the main track while you're in the sewers is really good like it's a good electronic sound i didn't get tired of it <laughs> i'm a i'm a sega genesis sound uh, like apologist i think that almost universally the sega genesis can pump out really great music and and fantastic music this was one of those instances i felt like i was farting on the drum there just it was it was oh it was very grating to my ears i was like no i don't i can't listen to this the in level music is really bad i couldn't like it i feel bad fair enough fair enough uh but we're just speaking of the sewers here so a little bit of the level discussion were there there any highlights or lowlights of the sewers for you guys it's pretty much the same thing over and over I know we just um, kind of mentioned. I don't know. Did we quite even really mention like how the game plays yet with the um, mm-hmm. having to listen to Catfish or Falco to tell you which direction to go? No. Yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. Yeah. All right, let's let's do that real quick here. So yeah, one thing I didn't catch on right away was that you actually have to listen. We keep seeing like the past coming up, and originally when I when I was playing was like, okay, it's flashing green arrow here or left <laughs> yeah. arrow here or up arrow. So I'm doing it and hold on B and they're like, which direction you're going the wrong direction. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, but here I was not paying attention to catfish telling me, you know, 12, nine or three. And I'm like, Oh, well, that makes sense. I guess I just got to pay attention. And then it still keeps flashing. Like, I guess just to throw you off. Right. Yeah. Uh, and believe me, it works because there's all those times where I'm like, okay, it was, three six nine and i'm like okay and i'm like and i hit six because i'm like oh did i hit three already i thought i hit three already hit credit music Um, (laughs) oh that um, credit music you'll hear it a lot (laughs) it's a lot to keep track of because you have to remember the directions and then you've got the energy things that you can go at to like refill your energy can so you can keep shooting and then all the time you have to shoot at every little rat or gator or whatever you have in the sewers because if you don't shoot enough of them your score won't be high enough to move on to the next round so it is a lot to a lot to keep track of and then there's also the, the the gameplay element where you have to also watch this meter that fills up. And when it hits the red, you have to push a button to uh, have catfish like explode this gas oh, before you yeah. get to it. And so there's like there's so many elements of things you have to keep track of, which is why the game is more enjoyable than it is, than it should be. Right. Because if it was just shooting the creatures, it would be so boring. 
if it was just shooting the creatures and following directions, it'd be like, it's all right. And then there's just, there's more to it. And then they, they change things up where mm -hmm. you don't have to listen to catfish anymore. You have to follow the directions of this creature, this freaky mm -hmm. looking thing or whatever they called it. And it's this little bat that'll fly around on your screen. But when it's time to actually take a, a tube, it'll move in that direction. And so then you're like, oh, I have to now kind of split second, take that path. So they changed that stuff up a bunch. It was really interesting. The, the talk about highlights. I I think that near the end of that game, the, the ending portions is chaotic, wild, and incredibly tense because you have these self-destructing robots that are just flinging themselves at you and they'll like flit around and change. And it was just absolute chaos to be like, it's one hit kill. If you miss it, that's it. It's game over. And so you had to really pay attention and really focus on their move patterns and recognizing the sequences when they're going to be popping up and how they're going to move so that you can hit them easier. It was, whew, it was intense. And that was really enjoyable. That's really great. Can either of you give me a tips for the um, recharge stations? Like, is there any clues? Like I still have not seen like any clues. I, the only reason why I know where, which way to go is because I was watching like a playthrough and I was like, okay, First one's right, second one's left, next one's right, that one, the next one's down. I never caught any clues and went over my head real quick for the recharging period. Where it's like, you're about to recharge. Got any tips, Pam? I don't have any tips. <laughs> tips are easy. So you're actually looking when he says recharge station coming up. So you're looking for, in particular, a, a green light in the tubes, right? So there's a red light and a oh. green light. And that's going to be the signifier of where you need to go, either right or left, typically. And so you're just looking for that light. And whichever side that's on, that's the way you got to go. Gotcha. And it's on the screen itself. It's not one of the weird arrow directional things. So, Yeah, that's another thing. You have to keep looking and looking everywhere, basically, in your screen here at all times. I still was wondering. I'm, I'm glad you explained what the, the, the C button's use was because, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know what I know. I think it said it shoots a flare or something like that. I think is what yeah. the manual says, but I'm like, I don't know when I'll need this, but we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll get there eventually. I don't know. Uh, was, uh, did you guys have any, this game is quotable. Do you guys have any favorite <laughs> quotes from this game or? Um, I like when Stenchler who sounds very much like Danny DeVito, he yeah. talks about sending the, the moles after you. And he was like, ah, oh, these guys were my just my second rate guys. But these guys, I call them the chainsaw line. And I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great line. I love it very much. That's a very good one. I think my most favorite is, you're going to owe me big dog meat. And what's my payback? A million pounds of tube steak. That's all you got to deliver, hot shot. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think you guys know what the slang for tube tube meat is. That is not. Oh boy, 1987 tube steak meant something else. I uh. guess so. <laughs> um, and then I was I was watching the the video. I was watching like um all the video sequences, and I didn't know that there's actually three levels of performance that you can have. Oh. So they have they have a uh, you did terrible slash you're fired. Uh, mm -hmm. You did okay. You're not too bad. And then you did fantastic. And one of the ones for the bad one is, uh, so you've, you've gotten fired and it's dog meat. You like gutter balls. Your call sign ought to be jerk face or maybe super wimp. I'm transferring you to the spineless moron department. <laughs> Dismissed. Is that the post credits or is that like the credits or? That was it, like 
halfway through the game, if you didn't get the score right, he uh, he he's just like, nope, you're done. Sorry, like goodbye. That's it. Ghost was like, you're out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because uh, I know there's the one scene where him were like it kept appearing for me, and I, maybe I think maybe my ship got hit by the scorpions that triggered it. But like ghosts, like got all these like loose wires by him, oh, basically. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh no, I keep doing this. I got to work on this kind of thing. And all of a sudden, the next thing essentially appears and tells me my score is low, and, and I die. And it's post credits. I had um, the I had the same scene, but I didn't get the the like the death sequence. I think that that's just something that happens. Like it's just a normal yeah. like you're at the end, and he's just like, okay, this is you know it's getting bad. We gotta hold it together. I wish I had him one hundred percent memorized, but like I really liked Falco for her lines were over the top. I would say was kind of <laughs> unhinged. Like, so. Yeah, unhinged. Hers, hers were always very over the top, basically. But she was, she wasn't ever yelling at you. She she seemed like she was having a lot of fun, basically, as opposed mm -hmm. to like Ghost is always like you know, dog meat, rat breath. <laughs> you know, uh, he's like always like, all right, you did good, but you're gonna mess this one up. Don't mess this up. You know, hers were always very much like you know. I, I know I mentioned earlier the the white sand and the, mm -hmm. the um. Yeah, well, I'm trying to remember what she says before too. Uh like in the when she first discovers the area and she tells you go six whatever, like gives you the directions like oh, six, yeah. twelve, six or something like that. The game is so memorable for the scenes. I mean, mm -hmm. Stenchler himself, anytime he is on screen with his assistant, mm -hmm. it is just you're so like I I can't possibly fathom what what is going on here. <laughs> his office is just a little bit of like you know, uh, like balsa wood cut out, yeah. you know, on the beach and like, he just, he rips his clothes off and he's like, let's go. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. so he's ridiculous. Surfing. Yeah. He's, he's surfing. There's a scene. I didn't see this scene, but he's on a jet ski with her, his assistant mm -hmm. and like they're jet skiing. There's a part where he's surfing and he's like, Oh, tubular gnarly man. You know? And it's like, what is, what is this? He's eating like a giant Turkey leg. And mm -hmm. it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then at the end when they sort of take over and people are rolling him in the beat down the beach in a tire. Yes. <laughs> and, and the box, the, he's like, just, showing a box to people and they're like ah and he's just waving a box at people and they're all freaking out and i'm like what, mm -hmm. what? yeah he's got the box he's got those big like sun laser things up that he yeah. roasts his marshmallows on <laughs> i don't really get where everyone turns against him and decides they're not gonna take him anymore but it happens <laughs> Maybe it's because like he allowed the poor sewer people to the rich people beach or something like that. Yeah, it's like you're gonna come up and free them because they're like his servants or something, right? Because mm -hmm. he talked about them all like he was gonna enslave uh uh Falco, Falco thank you. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, and all that weird stuff. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> it was so weird. It was the 80s, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's the 80s. That was, the, that, was the, that was normal back in the day. The special the effects were done by ILM, though, Industrial mm -hmm. Light and Magic, and by an Academy Award winning special effects artist. And I would say that, like, when it cuts to those weird sequences where you see the ship running through the tubes, like, you know, you get a third person perspective of it, it looks great. And I it think does. that, like, Catfish looks cool, too. Like, um, even though he is a little annoying. Like, oh God, he was the the line, 
gee, miss, that's some real pretty underwear you have on there. Like, oh my god. Yeah. He said something about going to like a rodeo or something too at one point. I oh my remember. gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so look, we've talked about like FMB games, right? We we talked a little bit about our experience with FMB games and things like this. I wanted to, to ask and posit this question to you guys about uh like when is a good time to have FMB in games? Like, is there instances where FMB actually helps and aids the game, or are there any FMV games that youth or genre that you think that FMV games work for? Because I feel like FMV gets a really bad rap. A lot of times people attribute it to those instances where they're just trying to copy a game like Myst, you know, and they do so really poorly. You look at games like Shivers from Sierra or something like Lighthouse by Sierra that utilize FMV in really just cheesy and hackneyed ways that don't they don't fit right. Or people trying to put them into genres like a fighting game like Supreme Warrior by the same company as the guys who made Sewer Shark, which is a weird first-person fighting game. It is not fun. But is there a situation where there's a, a genre that works well with FMVs and any particular gameplay mechanics that you think that FMVs work really well for? Because I'm very curious. Well, I think they go well with adventure games. My specific favorites uh, for FMV in general are the Tex Murphy games. And mm -hmm. I like those because they incorporate the FMV in a way where like a lot of the adventure games at this time, like Phantasmagoria or things, it was sort of just a static screen, whereas uh, Tex Murphy, you could actually walk around in 3D, but then when you saw a person, that was a real person. And so you'd have a conversation and those would be, you know, real people against uh, digital backgrounds. And I thought that worked really well. I think any time um, you have like specific scenes in FMV, it works. There's, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways. Like I really liked, you were talking about not for broadcast. And yeah. again, that was, you know, specific scenes. I actually compare that uh, quite a bit to sewer shark because then you're also just doing other things. Like it's not just, you know, do a thing, watch a scene, do a thing, watch a scene. It's like do 10 things. Yeah. While but the little things. Scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think those work really well as opposed to, I find most digital pictures games do not actually do the FMV. Well, yeah. they, the, the FMV and the gameplay are at odds against each other. Like night trap, for example, you can go find the augers and trap them or you can watch the scenes. Like yeah. you, they're, a lot of time they're happening at the same time. So if you want to see the story, well, you can't because you'll miss the augers and then yeah. their game will be over. And you have to guess where the augers yeah. are. And so you're always kind of flipping around. That mm -hmm. That is one of those things where Night Trap is probably one of the, like, the most overrated FMV games, even though people still don't think it's very good. But I'm like, that is the high, like one of the higher profile ones that is just not good and not mm -hmm. indicative of that stuff. Um, a question for you. Uh, have you ever played any light gun games, shooting gallery games that are FMV, like uh, Crime Patrol or Who Shot Johnny Rock? Have you ever played any of those before? I played a little of Who Shot Johnny Rock. Um, yeah. Would Ground Zero Texas? That counts. Yeah. Those are those are a great, a great implementation of FMV, I feel mm -hmm. like. Right? Because like it's it's shooting gallery, you know, it's it's a game like uh, Lethal Enforcers or like Virtual Cop but it's using full motion video. There's a bunch of weird ones like Space Pirates, which is very mm -hmm. 
ridiculous. Those are good, but you nail it on adventure games <clears throat> and using them productively, right? Uh, and even now, we're starting to see FMV games morph and change, uh, still sticking to adventure, but mm -hmm. now changing the way that we engage in an adventure game. We, we talk about Not For Broadcast. We talk about um, uh, Her Story, which is a mm -hmm. brilliant game. Mm -hmm. And a brilliant use of FMV that is engaging. Uh, for those that don't know, her story is this weird FMV game where you're at a computer console and all, uh, looking at uh, police interrogation footage. And you have to just type in keywords that are used in little tiny snippets to understand about this woman who has allegedly murdered her husband. And so you're just looking at interviews of her and trying to find things and just how you uncover new and interesting pieces of information just unrolls really great. And FMV works to that favor because the point is the actors and the nuance of an actor. And mm -hmm. you, you can't get that with CG. Like it, it drives me wild when they're like, we now have CG Kevin Spacey. I'm like, why not just record Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Why did you spend millions of dollars to recreate him only in static uh, like uh, cut scenes mm -hmm. when you could have just done an FMV Kevin Spacey. <laughs> like, why yeah. are you doing this? Yeah, I I feel like they've gone they've come a long way because another sort of genre that was often used for FMV was basically just the choose your own adventure, like Wirehead or my mind is blanking, but there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch uh, of them, there yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but I like when they add something a little more, like the like her story. Um, one that I really liked was The Infectious Madness of Dr. Decker, which is similar to her story in that you're... That was almost <laughs> going to be a question in my oh. game, and I chose not to. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Where you're listening to these patients talk, and they're you're asking them questions to get the information. So while I still do enjoy some where it's just, okay, do you want to go left or do you want to go right? I, it really makes a big difference when there's a, an extra layer on top of it rather than just sort of watching a movie and occasionally pushing a button. Yeah, I agree. I, but I think that FMV games, people should look at them in a, in a new or different light. It's it's a weird minefield of finding good FMV games, especially in you know the retro category. Uh, mm -hmm. Modern day, there's a lot more than there was back in the day. And a lot of it is very high quality. It's very enjoyable and good. So like for people who are interested in a game, like Super Shark is a good entry point into an FMV game. The FMV sequences are kind of inconsequential. They're silly, humorous, and just weird. But the gameplay is withstandable. It's not bad, right? So I would like I would recommend Sewer Shark for people who are like, eh, what's I want to I want to play a weird FMV game. I'm like, okay, that one is a good one. But like, people always look at this medium in particular and always stick their nose up on it, saying, "Oh, it's garbage." I'm like, no, mm. it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's just weird. And that makes it so special and interesting because it does things that only FMV games can do. It, and that is, that is, that's special. That's special. I like, like, I'm almost 39 years old. I'm an old man now. I like played a lot of games in my life and I'm like, I don't want the same old game. I want something that's interesting, flawed. Sure. It's mm -hmm. not the most perfect game, but it's doing something interesting. And FMV games very much do very interesting things. <laughs> Sorry.
Do you do you consider for FMV? Do you consider it has to be like actual actors doing it, or do you talk about like even consider like like a cutscene that's like a character, but it's like you know it's a video game character that cuts away to tell a story or something like that. Yeah, like a Dragon's Lair. Like yeah, th those are technically considered FMV games, right? Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with those. They typically do some really interesting stuff. There's a Thayer's Quest, which is a really weird FMV game. Uh, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It doesn't have live actors in it, but it plays kind of like um, uh, Dragon's Lair. But it's an arcade game originally, and it came with a full-size keyboard. Mm -hmm. It was wild. You had an inventory system. It was kind of open world where you picked the, the areas you wanted to go to. You had an inventory and like it was this weird fantasy, you know, Dungeons and Dragons style thing, but it was also very much like a puzzle adventure game. But it was also in the arcade, so it was really just weird. And it had the keyboard is these weird bubble keys. Like if you were to play, like you know, the feeling of when you play Trouble. Everyone ever played the game Trouble? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you when you push down on the little bubble to make the dice roll, the keys felt like that. Oh. And it was such, like I remembered this as a kid because uh, I was a, a a child of the arcades and i remembered this game in this arcade this this keyboard and i remembered those keys and how they felt and what they looked like and i was like this was the weirdest game i've ever seen i didn't know how to play <laughs> i was like four and but uh, it was so oh sorry hi i, I only asked that because the one game that I, I i remember from my past and it kind of reminds me of it but it, like it was for the pc only and it was titanic but it was like all oh. cutscenes where 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 it's like a mystery on the on the the Titanic where okay. there's like a paintings. I, I own was... that game. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, uh, it has the digitized actors. Yeah, and it has the really weird way that they talk and emote. And there's a lot of uh, weird static animations to them. They're really that Titanic game is really interesting. It's kind of part edutainment, and it was the like Windows ninety five era. That is. Uh, a very good. That's actually a really interesting and engaging game. It's a strange game, but it's it's good. They made that company made a different one too. That's also a Western one in a Western setting. It was really weird. I think it's like there's a murder, and I think it's mm -hmm. I think it's got a couple different endings if I remember correctly. Like I think you can prevent World War II from happening, and Hitler becomes a famous painter or something yes. like that. So. Yes, to all of the above. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was creepy as hell because there's like something you have to go like into the the basement or whatever, like the, like the, the engine room, room the engine room yeah. and everything like that after a murder happens on the boat. And yeah, it was, that's the way I think. But, and then things just load and pop on the screen. Cause I remember like, that was a game I played with my sister uh, on our first computer. And it was very much like, where do we go here? Okay. We need a clue. Um, and I think it took us like, that was before like game faxes or before we even had the internet and game faxes around. So it was very much a, comb every little room look for every little clue before you can advance kind of thing yeah so, and you could go anywhere so yeah. like it was a really big area and so it was very easy to get lost mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> all right let's see what's on the list oh we got we got music tracks or we can do um we can do your bogus game right here <gasps> i don't know are you guys ready for that game i don't know if you're ready are you ready for that game I'm ready. I'm oh my goodness! Ready. Buckle up, turn and burn. This is a game that I <laughs> look. Okay, so shoot the tubes. Shoot the tubes, dog meat. <laughs> uh, so being a guest on this, this is my second time being on the Cartridge Club podcast, and uh, 
I feel that it is very important to be a guest to, to bring a special dish. Like you're going to a party, right? <laughs> you're meant to bring something, a casserole of some kind, some kind of weird jello salad that looks disgusting, but supposedly tastes great. I don't know. It's green. Not my favorite. So I'm going to bring a game to you guys. I brought one for when I did Wind Waker. I'm bringing another one. This is a game that I'd like to call FMV or It Can't Be. <laughs> so the rules are very simple. I'm going to give you a title of a game and you tell me, is it an FMV game or is it not? And we're going to very strictly state that in this instance, an FMV means that it is live action actors included, not just not necessarily in the gameplay, but in cutscenes as well. And you tell me FMV or it can't be just blurted out. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Since we only got two people, I might keep score. We'll see. Got it. So, for instance, to give you a nice example, if I were to say uh, Night Trap, you would say... FMV. If I were to say Super Mario Brothers. It, it can't, can't be. be. Perfect. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are pros already. You're ready to go to the big leagues. All right. The first game is titled Dark Side of the Moon. I want to say FMV. What about you, Pam? It can't be. It is FMV. That is a uh, first-person adventure game uh, that is very narrative-focused, where you are on the moon trying to save the alien species that exists on the moon. I thought it was going to be some kind of Pink Floyd game or something. (laughs) All right, the next game. Are you ready? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uru, Ages Beyond Mist. FMV? I'm going to say it can't be to be different. It can't be. It is the only game in the Myst franchise to not have FMV sequences at all. And it is my all-time favorite game. It is a delightful MMORPG in the Myst franchise. It's delightful. Everyone should play that game. Oh. All right. Game game number three. Privateer 2 The Darkening. I'll say it can't be again. I'll say FMV. It is FMV. <laughs> that is a the sequel to Wing Commander Privateer, starring Christopher Walken and Clive Owen. Wow. Nice. Wow. It is unplayable. It is <laughs> real bad. It is one of the worst FMV games I've ever played. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The Wavy Tube Man Chronicles. <laughs> It can't be. I'm going to say it can't be as well. You're both wrong. It's FMV. Oh, no. <laughs> that is a Wild West uh, shooting gallery game for the Xbox Connect. Wow. I'm learning all kinds of things. It's a delight. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's your list here, Pam. For yeah. Oh, oh. I dug deep for some of these. Some of them, I'm like, those are kind of basic. Maybe you guys will get those. Some of them I had to dig very deep. I'll tell you this, I have not heard of any of these titles before. (laughs) I have played all of these games. Um, Dark Star. FMV? It can't be. It's FMV! Mm. It is a first-person adventure game that stars the entire original cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh. 
it is also not very good. <laughs> All right. Next game. The Uninvited. I'm going to say NCAB B. FMV. It can't be. That was on the Apple II, the NES. Oh, that, that's I know that That Uninvited. You know the game. That sounded like the NES game. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, unless the PC version or something like that has has it. I was like, I didn't think, I didn't it, think it would be. So It is indeed. It can't be. Next up, Revolution X. A very cheap game. You can get very cheap. FMV. I want hmm. Because I know this game. I know this game because it's in the arcade as well. It's like gun games, the Aerosmith game. But ah, I want to say it can be because I don't think they have any cutscenes in it. FMV. Okay. Oh, there are videos where Steven Tyler gives you information on your job. He absolutely like you have to put in a little disc into the uh into the DVD player and he absolutely talks to you in FMV. Don't you FMV shoot it records is. at like people or something like that? Like your gun mm-hmm. shoots records. Yeah. Your gun shoots yeah. records, yes. It's... That is actually not too bad of a game. Yeah. The console ports are terrible, but the game itself is not too bad in the arcade. Um, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Perry Mason, the case of the Mandarin. Murderer. Uh, could be FMV. Hmm. Could it? <laughs> I'm going to say it can't be uh, because it seems like it's too old. That's like Perry Mason's an old person show like Matt. Uh, Matt, Matt <laughs> oh, no. CSI games are all FMV. We got lots of CSI games in this world. Sure, I'm, well, I'm sorry. Say... I don't want to show my hand here. I'm I'm just saying because Perry Mason I think is an old person show like Matlock and <laughs> old people aren't gonna play the you know video game so I'm gonna say it's probably just a like a regular game. What do you think, Pam? FMV. It can't be. Uh... This was an Apple II game that was a graphical text adventure that, by the way, Phoenix Wright completely ripped off of, and I will <laughs> for the end of time proclaim it as such. That was a. It is 100%. Go to the crime scene. You get your evidence. Courtroom scene. Objection. All of it. Totally ripped off. Legends of Zork. That sounds like an FMV game to me. Legends of Zork. It can't be. It can't be. This was like 2003, 2004, and it was a browser-based MMO set in the Zork universe that was all text. Very random. Very random Mm -hmm. game. Police Quest SWAT. FMV. Pam says FMV. Do you agree, Sauce? I'll say it can't be. That's an FMV. First-person tactical SWAT simulator. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Castle Infinity. I'll say it can't be. I'll say it can't be. FMV. This is one of the (laughs) wildest games ever to exist. 
prepare yourself for the plot of this game. When dinosaurs were destroyed, they were intelligent. They decided to go to another dimension, build a giant castle. They got stuck there for millions of years. And then all of a sudden we found a way to get in there. They're held by demons. It's a 2D child puzzle platforming MMORPG with live action footage. And it teaches you Esperanto. Oh, that old story. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy who made it wrote a bunch of choose-your-own-adventure-style books in the Super Mario franchise. Wow. I didn't even know where I had those. Oh, they, oh covered in the Literate Pixel podcast. <laughs> um, here you go. Wild Gunman. I'm going to say FMV on that one. I know I'm mixing no. this up with Wild something else wild wait i feel like not can't can't be i feel like that's a no, this can't be. is the biggest trick question in the world <laughs> it is both oh, okay the nes version is not but it was in 1975 nintendo released an fmv version of it on the arcade in 1975 was the first iteration of it the wild gunman we know in the snes and in arcades from the 80s is actually a sequel, but it's oh, still called the okay. same. It's a trick question. You both get it right. <laughs> yes, yes. I was gonna say because also I remember that like that's an NES game. No, yeah, it's both. That's a trick one. Time traveler. FMV. FMV says Pam. What do you say, Sauce? It sounds like an FMV game. It is an FMV game. <laughs> that is the Sega arcade game that used live action. It plays kind of like a. a, a uh, Space Ace and those sorts of things. Um, Dragon's Lair, but it had a cowboy, a time traveling cowboy, and it used curved mirrors to create a holographic effect. Nice. All right, we only got two more. Two more. Nice. The cosmology of Kyoto. I'm going to say it can't be. I'm going to say FMV. It can't be. Uh. This is a edutainment game from the 19, mid-1990s on Windows 95. You can now play it on ScumVM, which I highly recommend people do. It is one of two games that Roger Ebert considers art. Hmm. Last but not least, The Book of Watermarks. I feel like we got to end on FMV. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll, just, to be opposite, just to be opposite, I'll say I think Pat had a good answer there, but I'm going to say, I'll just be opposite, I'll say it can't be for... It is FMV. This was a Sony-developed first-party game exclusive to the original PlayStation, where you play an assistant to Prospero from Shakespeare's The Tempest, collecting all of the books uh, that have been lost that keep his fantastical, magical island alive. Wow. It's, it is a, a strange delight that is incredibly homoerotic in the best way possible. What was this called again? Book of Watermarks. It was Japanese only, but guess what? It's entirely in English. It's worth playing. It's a, it's a strange game, but it is very delightful. That is the game. Let me tell you if the scores. Hold on. One, two, three, four. And one. The winner, nine to six. 
is our our host with the most uh, boss congratulations nine to six congratulations uh, the, the man with the least fmv experience <laughs> won by sheer luck alone i, I, I wonder what does it sound like an fmv game does it sound like one and yeah. that is the game fmv or it can't be Thank you very much Yay, for playing. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs> I I honestly I had heard of maybe four of those games. So every I, I just guessed poorly most of They the are time. the weirdest uh, games too. Yeah. Almost none of them are good, but they're all very interesting. <laughs> I, I heard of about two of them. About two. Yeah. So you got Revolution X, but you well, didn't three, guess three, yeah. it though. You didn't know, but I was like, it is the Aerosmith game. Come on, you got this. <laughs> well, it's it's been a minute. I don't own the did it get released on the Saturn? Or... Uh yeah, it was Saturn and it was atrocious. The yeah. Saturn port is very bad. I own it. It is not good. <laughs> Whew. Uh just uh community impressions. I want to give a shout out to Jerry Brace from Embraceware. Uh he mentioned on Discord that this was one of his fear games and he was happy to have it featured as part of the cartridge club. So besides Rob, who is Derek's friend, turns out there's a, there's a, there's a love there's a love for FMV games here. Right? There is. So, it's small, but it's there. It's intense. I, I, I think, there's few of us, but we're really passionate. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm, I'm like vibrating right now. I'm like yes, FMVs are cool. I, well, I think the thing it, it hurts the, the most probably is not everyone has a Sega CD, right? That's probably what yeah. it comes down yeah. to. I mean, it was like two hundred dollars, a two hundred dollar add-in, right? When the Sega Genesis was there, yep. followed by another two hundred dollar add-in with the thirty-two X. So oh, no one's buying that thirty-two X, no. So yeah, so it's one of those. I think not everyone generally has it. Plus, you know, CD, older CD software with lenses going out on it. Like I have to occasionally yeah. keep cleaning my lens on mine to keep it working. So. And if you put the Genesis power adapter on it, it breaks. Mm -hmm. mm. So, yeah, I don't even have my Sega CD anymore. So, oh. I sold my XI and all my games, except for three, one of which is Sewer Shark. Hey! <laughs> Pam, why don't you give us your final overall thoughts on playing Sewer Shark? I think Sewer Shark is a really fun game. I agree uh, that, you know, it's not a, a, a 10 out of 10, but, you know, it's a solid 7 out of 10. And it's a fun rail shooter. It makes use of the FMV really well. It's It's got that cheesiness, but you want that in your FMV, especially from the 80s. And, yeah, if you are a fan of rail shooters then I think it's definitely worth a shot. And it's one of the best offerings from digital pictures for sure. So yeah, definitely recommend it if you have the system on which to play it. I really hope it gets a remake. I, I was sure that on a on a trailer for another game, they like put in a sewer shark little screen, the people who are doing the remakes, and that it was coming, but I haven't heard any news since. But yeah, definitely, definitely worth a play. Bogus, what's what are, you, what are your final thoughts on Sewer Shark? Pam summed it up wonderfully. I mean, it's worth a shot. I do wish they did a remake for it. Why they did Corpse Killer before this, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's it's an enjoyable game. Just read the manual before you play. That's it, you know. I'll, I'll copy Pam here and say, I, I thought I even thought before even playing this and hearing uh, when Derek told me that this was the game that was selected, I thought. This game got re-released on Switch and PlayStation and, and Xbox, just like Night Trap and Corpse Killer. And I thought that was just part of the list, and I was shocked that it actually wasn't. Uh, not not that like it's because it's a great game. It's just I I've 
I've known about Super Sharp because it's like so you always see it, at least at retro stores, because it's cheap and it's kind of like Mario Brothers, where there's it was just always there. And like I said, because it's cheap, it's still worth a play if you can play. It is deserving of some kind of remake for just a little bit added life features, or like maybe. I mean, I, I think aside from having what's it called, like press hold down B to select your path, I think just having like maybe the analog is like the shoot option, maybe the D pad be your directional as opposed to having to hold down would go like miles for this game. But other than that, it's still it's a fun game. It's worth playing through. It's worth uh, the cutscenes and the quotable lines. And yeah, it's a fun time. It's cheap. If you can play it some other way, like through emulation, I'd recommend it. It's 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 worth a playthrough. I'd like to reiterate, June's Game of the Month will be Fallout 3. If you're playing along or just want to discuss the game with us, make sure to let us know by using the hashtag Cartridge Club on whatever social media platform you frequent. For those of you who want to get a head start in July's Game of the Month, we'll be playing Donkey Kong Country 2. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to us. We're always looking forward to having new community members on to talk about the games they love. To those of you interested in supporting the club, be on a review on the podcast app of your choice. I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters. And if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look at how you can do so at patreon.com forward slash cartridge club. But with that being said, that's the show, everyone. I'd like to thank my guests for being here and helping along. So, uh, Pam, where can, you, where can we find you online? You can find me on YouTube. My channel is called Cannot Be Tamed. And that is also the name of my Twitch channel where I stream. When my internet is working. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. Bogus Meat Factory, where can we find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at Bogus Meat Factor because uh, of character limits. Hooray! Um, <laughs> also, I stream four days a week on twitch.tv slash Bogus Meat Factory. We play a lot of everything, new, old, you name it. Um, and I also have another podcast where we um, read and review uh, books based off of video game franchises. So we've done things like the um, Worlds of Power series, like the novelization of Mega Man 2 and Bases Loaded 2, because, you know, baseball games should have novelizations. And which uh, is called the Literate Pixel Podcast. It's totally worth it. Uh, we also talk about Infocom text adventure games. My good friend and I, we've been going through the entire catalog of them chronologically and chronicling our journeys, which has been very enjoyable. So, yep, that's where you can find me. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Uh, as for myself, you can find me at, on Twitter with the handle. It's Rocket Sauce. I'm also on the Cartridge Club Discord. And I do have an Instagram handle with the same name. But right now, it's just mostly pictures of my dog, Max. Because I probably... Yeah, that's the best. That's the, the best right there. So it's basically Max's adventures right now. But I feel like seeing a picture of a Jack Russell mix. Uh, check out It's Rocket Sauce on, on uh, Instagram. But with that being said, that's the show, everyone. Thank you for all for tuning in, and CC Unite. Thank you. Good afternoon, Digital Pictures. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Serious, get lost in the wind, fellow.